Welcome back to the Security Asia podcast. My name is Ron Efron, and today we'll be talking about the whole concept of perimeterless security. It's kind of a new buzzword that we're hearing recently. We're going to talk about it. What does it mean at a practical level? Unpack it, and also try to see or try to talk about how this might be relevant to the security managers out there that are trying to manage their security systems. I'm joined once again with my colleague Avichai Seri. And uh, we're going to jump right into it. So, uh, Avihai, you know, we've been hearing about this this buzzword, perimeterless security. I believe some people also call this zero trust in terms of security. So, why don't we start off with the definition uh, at a at a simple level? What does this mean? And then we can jump into it. So, first of all, the the approach of zero trust is talking about how you don't have any ability or visibility around application communication. Um, These days, what hackers do is they try to leverage any pipeline of communication between components to create this access into into your domain and into your network. This approach is basically a real game changer versus um, the previous state of mind, I would say, if you go to... 10 years back, where the approach was there's a network that's our network, and we want to create fences around that network. So that means that inside the network, everything is basically flat. There's no hierarchy. There's no segmentation, as we say, in networking. So that means that on one hand, we have no security concerns because we believe that the surrounding fences and mechanisms that we put in place are good enough to protect all our resources that are all piled up into one network. And we also get better performance where we could really communicate freely between different services in our network. So that was the the main approach, I would say, regarding network and data security, where as we evolved and... and Hold hold on. So let's just summarize that. So basically what you're saying is that in the past, the concept was there's a perimeter, right? There's like kind of like a fence or a border. And once you're in there, then it's pretty much, everything's pretty much free, right? Then you're, you're trusted, so to speak. And the main security was focused on that perimeter, that network perimeter, if you may. Exactly. Okay. And now as we're evolving in today's world, where people are working from anywhere, where networks are much more complicated, so a different approach has sort of evolved. Is that correct? Right. And so that's what we we're talking about. That's what that's the perimeterless security in in a in a sense. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So so another point here that that you brought up that comes from from what you just defined is that like there are different elements that need to be taken in consideration with the world's current culture of working around systems. If beforehand we had a data center that all our resources were located in that data center and we had an office building where everyone would go and work in that office building. Now everything is distributed around the world. The infrastructure is everywhere. The people are everywhere. The endpoint devices are everywhere. You need to be able to like accommodate that kind of functionality where it's new. Right. And there's no longer, there's no perimeter. There's no outer perimeter, so to speak. Right. Okay. So, so we still have to secure our network secure our data, our assets, et cetera, without, that, without this perimeter. Right. 
So how do, how do we basically do that? How do we build that kind of architecture when we're looking at our system? So I would say that the first point is to really define your protected surface, right? So instead of saying that my whole network is like one entity, I'm, looking, I'm creating different surfaces. For example, my HR services or a specific HR software in that case or a specific HR module that's relevant to a specific region. So that's a protected surface that where I want to start like having a conversation around that surface. Excuse me. So first you need to define those, those protected surfaces, like you say, right? What are they? Make sure they're defined clearly. Right. Because that, that's going to be the foundation of, of any solution that you're going to provide. Okay. And that, that needs to be with an agreement in your organization as well, because we're going to learn that that also creates limitations around how other components communicate with that surface or how other surfaces communicate with that surface. Once we define what is that surface, we need to start analyzing all types of communications that need to be coming and going from that surface. And that's like, we'll call it a micro perimeter. Okay. The main way to to set it up is by building these gateways for these surfaces. And meaning that any type of connection that needs to come into this surface or out of this surface will go through that gateway. Excuse me. Are these gateways physical devices, physical machines? Or is Great this all... question. Great question. Okay. So you have, as we talked in the past and bring it up very quickly in networking, we have uh, the OSI model where it, um, it divides the network layers, the logical layers into seven or five uh, different layers. And for each layer, you have a different way of like basically monitoring and controlling the transportation these gateways could be in different layers and that itself defines how secure it is. To make it a little bit more clear, if we take a look at, for example, a firewall, where a firewall basically is something that could give you security in layers three and four, uh, I don't think we should really dive into what that that means at the moment, but it means that uh, on the session layer, that the session that you're creating between these components, it's monitored through this gateway. Um, versus these days, you need to have a, a secure gateway that is able to be aware of the seventh layer, where the seventh layer is literally the application. That's a level of code that that requires more complexity. Because imagine, for example, right now, if you're monitoring Microsoft Windows. And you're trying to understand all the services and processes that are coming in and out a computer. Now, there's endless, and even Microsoft themselves have vulnerabilities. But the minute that you create some kind of, let's say, gateway that controls what's allowed to move between two different, like Microsoft servers, for example, then you're monitoring on the application level. And that gives you much more confidence that you're really protecting your network versus protecting only a tunnel saying, okay, I receive only uh, TCP IP communication. And then you don't know what's going on in that tunnel. Like someone could send malicious code through that if they are able to create 
to initiate a session, as we say. So these days, when you talk about having a perimeter type of approach, creating these surfaces, you want to be able to have access that is monitored and controlled on the application level. Not everyone's an expert around uh, security and data security and, and, and what we're talking about right now. But what it means is that we always, we need to make sure to ask these questions about like the who's, the what, the when, the where, why uh, is this communication working and why is this component need to be reached out to the internet? Like ask those questions before you implement any type of system or solution in your network. Okay, so as the world has evolved, you know, fast forward to today, we have people working from home, we have people working from anywhere, coffee shops, hotels, you know, different places in their office. So obviously the needs have changed a lot. You know, everybody can see that just just from the, the recent couple of years and COVID has really uh, you know, boosted that a lot. So where, where are things today? What is the relevance here to security systems? Like when you're installing a, a regular access control system or a cloud-based access control system, how is this relevant to that? What do security managers need to start thinking about? So when we talk about perimeterless security, um, basically, besides the basic IT type of thinking that, as we mentioned, uh, as we started and talked about here a little bit, but we have here a challenge that is more of an operational challenge. You need to understand how your business works. What are people doing today, especially with COVID and, and working remotely, where you need to understand, as you said, people are accessing your organization systems through public internet. If it's airports, coffee shops, hotels, etc., that's a fact. A few years back, you could have said, okay, nobody accesses our organization applications without using a VPN from these public areas. Today, the approach is I need to allow my team members, my, my company, my organization to do that exactly and keep my network secure and keep my application secure. But is it, so, Michai, is it less secure? So let me ask you this. It's, if you're opening a package in your home, a physical package, you're opening it in your home. Now you could see what's inside that package. But if you're opening that package in a coffee place, maybe you're the only one that's seeing that, that package right now because you're for sure looking at it and maybe nobody else is looking at it at the same time. But there's also a situation where someone else could be just looking at you from the side and you don't even know that, right? And the same thing is with the public internet, meaning there could be someone that is connect. There are many people that are connected to the public internet that you're accessing right now, but they might not really want to look at the tunnel at the communication that you're creating with your organization. Mainly basic users wouldn't want that, but someone that wants to gain control and wants to know what you are doing at that moment in that coffee shop, they could take action easier or harder action. Like if they, sorry, if they're very knowledgeable, they would know how to uh, tap in and to monitor the communications that you're creating and maybe even extract data out of that communication. So it really depends on who's around you. 
Well, it, it sounds like you're not really answering the question. It sounds like this, based on your answer, that it's less secure or, or maybe other components need to be added like VPNs, et cetera. But is perimeterless security, this concept, is it less secure? Oh, so so and so on that because, point, because exactly. Be, sorry, just because like high, very high secure areas or, or data is is still going to be some of have more protection around it. So, are we? Is this some sort of like a compromise where people can work from everywhere, but there are some potential no. risks, and then so, we try to so mitigate the, those risks? The compromise, the com, the com, the compromising aspect here is not about compromising your security, but it's building a different architecture because of that threat. So that different architecture is talking about what we just mentioned, the application layer communication monitoring, right? So if I'm connecting, for example, um, if someone, if there's an organization, many organizations use Office 365 as their cloud services. So right now we're using an application on our Microsoft uh, Windows laptop and we're trying to send instant messaging to someone else through Office 365 Cloud, it means that that Microsoft application is communicating with its cloud server, the back end, in a very direct approach that's specific and not something broader than that. And that's what's being monitored. And that's how you prevent any malicious like penetration into that system. So and back to your example, though, of your high. Yeah. So in that kind of case, it's harder for people to look into your pack into your packets exactly it's harder for snooping. exactly it's like it's like imagine that you're opening a package in the coffee shop and you're covering it with a coat and your head is covered inside that before you open the package so nobody's going to see what's going on pretty much like someone could come and cut open the coat right uh, and that's the thing about hacking and cyber is that there's always um, ways to gain advantage and and that's part of the the competition of like uh, creating patches and updating security every time. So I would say that building the right mechanisms where it's an application level communication, plus having a gateway that is really monitoring all the transportation and identifying and even preventing from specific uh, communications to, to go through. And the third element is creating those protected surfaces, those islands, within your organization, segmentation, as we say in, in networking, where basically you'll have different segments, different zones of your network for specific services. That way, with that approach, you're really making things much more challenging uh, for any type of uh, security breach. Right. So on just to unpack hand, that, just hold on, just yeah. before you go on to the next stage, just to unpack that, what that basically means is that if somebody does get access to let's say um, a certain layer or a certain segment, that means they're still outside the other segments. They still can't easily get into other segments. Exactly. So, okay. and that's challenging. Look, it's, some could say that it sounds like simple to, to uh, once you gain, once you gain access to one, let's say uh, surface, then it's easy to jump uh, between surfaces. But, um, that's a big debate, I would say, between uh, people in the in the data security and cyber uh, departments, where it's pretty much a a, th a threat that's that's not hard. It's like it's not easy to achieve that kind of control to gain that kind of control in your in someone else's network. Um, so you're adding more barriers too. So that's obviously that's exactly. obviously good. 
So, but if we yeah. if we if we bring up for a minute the other side of that coin, right, is that if we go back to the old approach where anything inside the network is flat, everything can communicate with each other internally. There was a reason behind that, right? And that's the functions, right? You want seamless integration. You want synchronic data, not asynchronous. You want it to be all real time. You want the performance to be better, and you want to have no issues, basically. And what could happen once you create these surfaces or these zones is that uh, once you want to have such integrations between different systems, there could be many issues, right? Like things could, could you could figure out on the IT side, I'm saying not the user experience in the end, but on the IT side, when you do that kind of architecture, there might be um, conflicts that will raise problems when you're implementing these systems or maintaining them. So now let's bring us back to the security systems. What do security managers need to know in this regards? Are what kind of questions do they need to be asking their service providers when they're implementing systems within their facilities that are communicating with other facilities or you know more advanced cloud-based access control or surveillance systems which are obviously communicating uh, over the public uh, infrastructure? So let's dive into that for a moment. Yeah, so so I would say about that is that like um, it's very clear that from having a data sheet coming with the product that you're using for your security, uh, having a data sheet with uh, with the ten pages of of list of uh, all the communications needed for this server, and from just saying okay, that's okay. For now these days, the security department has a responsibility to understand what that means. So, so you need to really like um, get better understanding of networking and what's going on with your components that you're responsible of, because you're the one that's going to be responsible if anything comes from those security systems. And we and we know these days that security systems are a vulnerability in any in any network these days because they are so out there, right? They're they're on the access points. They're on the the Cameras are on, on the edge, and basically hackers can gain access from, call it like stupid components, to gain access to the bigger network in a way. So really to start diving into those um, data sheets and understanding what is the architecture created for that security system, challenging and creating questions, raising questions to um, the vendor is very important. Like, feel confident about the product and that it's been checked recently. Look at when was the last time that it had some penetration testing, when it had some changes in their architecture. Um, I think that that's something that these days the awareness needs to grow as a facility security manager. And in addition to that, uh, I would say that once you want to take your security systems and sync them or integrate them with other systems in the facility. Uh, if it's uh, identity management systems or other uh, facility resources that you want to tap into, you really need to be able to define what is the communication that's required between those two components. One, not to compromise the other system that you're trying to integrate to, but the second is also to protect your own systems from being hacked coming from those systems potentially. Okay. And what about the cloud? I mean, cloud we know is directly 
they're usually in a, in a cloud-based system. There's some sort of gateway on this on the site, right? And so as we see more and more cloud applications, more access control, sort of cloud-based access control systems being implemented, is there anything here that security managers need to be aware of or consider? So I think, yeah, I think that's a that's a great point to raise here. Is that like once you move to the cloud and when you start creating um, cloud solutions, basically, or you or consuming cloud solutions, there's a huge variety of of ways to configure that setup. If it's the networking that, if you look at the big uh, infrastructure uh, service providers, uh, cloud service providers, they're always adding more and more components and technology to create more data security and, and sensitivity around different communications. You need to be knowledgeable about it, right? You need to, you need to create that knowledge in, in your team so you'll be able to uh, really analyze and design what's right and what will give you that confidence that your uh, systems are secure. Okay. I guess that if somebody doesn't really have it all, a lot of knowledge about uh, data security, or doesn't know what the right questions to ask, it would probably be good to get their, their cybersecurity folks involved in this or their IT team involved in this in some degree to make sure that they're on board with this as well and they can also help with that process. Definitely. And I would say that also, also from the, the service providers for in this case, like the, the ones that are providing the security systems to this organization, they should also be very aware of what, what they're doing and, and what's the tools around them, right? To, to really build up what's right for the client and not just to like plug and play and say goodbye. Um, it's really about knowing and, and understanding what's going on. The more knowledge you have, that is how you basically step away from anything inside the network is flat and being more aware to the new generation challenges. Okay. What else do you want to add around this? I mean, this is an interesting say, space. A lot, a lot's happening here. A lot's uh, developing here. You know, all in all, there's, there's a lot of advantages to having cloud-based uh, applications, both for operations and also for security. And as you said, you just have to educate yourself as much as possible and know what no kind of questions to ask. Work with good vendors that help. We too often see situations where, you know, e- even traditional security systems that are not necessarily cloud-based still might be communicating across the network or to other facilities. And too often we see situations where the router is not properly configured to, to security standards or passwords are not always changed, et cetera. So it's you want you want to be working with a vendor, a security partner that is at the very least aware of these things and has the right practices to properly install and properly configure all the various components. Not just make sure the door is working, but make sure everything in the background is programmed uh, appropriately for your security levels. Great points. I w- I want to add maybe to that um, that these days data is very key to to be able to. Uh, maintain this responsibility because the more you have systems that generate data that's visualized and visible for for the security operator, that way you're able to identify any anomalies that are happening in your area of responsibility, and you'd be able to like protect not only your systems but maybe the the entire information security of your organization. 
So data awareness is also something that I would uh, highly recommend teams to start get into and, and learn more about business intelligence and how to take out of the data, how to extract real information. And I guess as a final point, uh, just touching on this uh, multi-factor authentication issue, um, obviously, if you're not using that, you, you need to start using that for your applications and for your, uh, and your business, also your personal life. But isn't this part of this whole concept of, of creating this primitiveness kind of security where that this identity management, the multi-factor authentication uh, helps with that? Would you agree? Definitely. But I would categorize the multi-factor authentication as like, um, that's even the bare minimum, you know, to just start gaining access into these systems from wherever you are. So like, for example, there are conditions that you create. Um, these days, like if you're using cloud service providers, you could create conditions where someone could access this specific application only when he's in a specific country. You could do those kinds of conditions. Part of those policies would be also using multi-factor authentication right. saying, that in that way, I know, I feel confident that this individual is the real individual. So, so really thinking about the conditions to access in general, to access any type of, let's call it, and, and the name that we just discussed about, the protected surface of the perimeter, that is the exactly the conditional access that you're talking about. And the more... Uh, we evolve, and I'm sure Microsoft is going to have uh, very soon another update of what they're doing, and and you'll see more and more around um, different conditions on the endpoint devices, if it's the mobile devices and the laptops, getting a step away from like uh, the VPN type of connection, or only when you're in your office building you could connect to these systems. Yeah, maybe we should have a whole conversation about your experience with uh, Microsoft's endpoint security. Yeah, sure, sure, that could be very interesting. I mean, a, large, a lot of larger companies they already have stuff like this and you know integrated into their operations. But if you're a smaller organization or a growing organization, you might really want to take a look at these kind of um, various endpoint security um, applications and sort of process and way of thinking really. Because those are really those really add a whole new layer of security onto your operations. Okay, Vihai. Well, look, this is a, this has been great. Uh, we just touched the surface here, and we just wanted to bring this out there to uh, to our listeners. We should probably try to dive into specifics, maybe in the future cast, especially again around cloud. Uh, you know, a lot of some people have some hesitancy around that and don't understand it, don't understand how it's going to how it's going to impact their their business. And so I think there's a lot to talk about here. And again, once again, just uh, remind everybody to you know, educate yourselves as much as you can around these things, at least very least get to understand what kind of questions to ask. That being said, do you have any, um, or maybe if you have any links about where is some good place where people can go and educate themselves, maybe we'll add that to the show notes uh, so folks can use that as a resource. Sure. And they can also feel free to reach out to us and, uh, and we'll be glad to to give uh, some advice and, of course, um, or do a little system audit to make sure everything's programmed properly. Uh, is yeah. always is always helpful. Okay, well, Avichai, thank you again for joining me today, and um, stay safe, and hope to see you again soon. 